0: Without further ado, another episode of the Success Story Podcast. Thanks again for joining me. I'm sitting down with Elizabeth Pipko, who is an author, uh, model, extremely talented individual. Um, she is a trained figure skater. She speaks six languages. Uh, she has written a book, and she's writing another book, which is going to be coming out uh, August 25th. So she's had a very diverse career um, she has built a name for herself in a variety of different campaigns, advocating for different, uh, different things, both inside and outside of the political arena. Um, so you may have heard of her, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me. I want to understand how you built out your career, where you came from, how somebody is so successful in so many different arenas. And just tell me, tell me your story.
1: Yeah, so from the very, very beginning. Um, my parents came here from the Soviet Union, so I was raised just like a very happy pro-American like child who was just known that, you know, my life is good because my parents literally gave up everything to come here. And it's like a pressure that I think kind of stayed with me, uh, since I was like five or six and like able to even understand that. So like sitting with my grandparents who basically raised me and hearing like what they went through uh, to come here so that their grandchildren, which they hadn't even, you know, known at that point yet would have this, you know, American life. Just kind of like a pressure. So when you say, you know, multi dimensional someone who does all these things, like it seems cool, but it's it's like this anxiety that literally follows me around. That's like you have to conquer everything that you touch and um, continue to do that through your life. And that. so I guess there's like good and there's good and bad with that, but that's kind of why I've been like touching all these different things and trying to take on these different opportunities.
0: So what was first? Um
1: so to start yeah. yeah, so to start from the very beginning, when I was ten years old, I stepped onto the ice for the first time and fell in love with figure skating and my parents being the supportive amazing parents that they are we uh, moved across the country to florida so i could train uh in florida with these like really intense amazing coaches who were the only like real professional coaches that would take me on at that point because i really had been skating for like a month um i gave up my whole life for that like my family my friends my health everything i knew i was homeschooled starting like immediately i was skating like eight hours a day um really just like hey i'm going to the olympics the only thing i want that was like 10 year old elizabeth's like dream um i spent like four years training really really hard um caught up with kids my age which was amazing and then i got injured like really really badly quite quite a few times i had like a skate to the head i broke my femur in half like literally cracked it along like the entire middle from knee uh, to hip um broke my ankle toes like literally everything you can imagine and then kept coming back which is great and then at 15 i destroyed my ankle like completely was told i would never skate again as well as like have issues walking running for quite some time so that was really bad um i spent like almost five months i think in a cast and then like seven years in like intense physical therapy just trying to like come back and be a human again in that time we moved back to new york i went back to school um i published my or self-published actually my first two books of poetry when i was like 17 and 19 i believe um, which was really cool i also got signed to wilhelmina models and started like focusing on my skating energy and there and trying to succeed as a model. Um, in the meantime, I dabbled in politics. Like you said, I worked in 2016 in politics. And then since then, I've continued on there. And then I say around the same time, 2015, 2016. I officially made my return to the ice, even though every doctor said I would never do it. And now I'm back training on the ice and waiting to see what happens with that while also dabbling in the new book and the politics and everything else at the same time.
0: What is your focus right now? Because you're you're competing not competing, but I mean, you're very effective at so many different things. So what, what are your focuses? What are your passions um, that you're doubling down on? Uh, You know, you have, you have this new book. Um, You're, you're back on the ice figure skating. I'm not going to be able to provide much commentary on that because I don't know that world. Um, But uh, in terms of like politics, advocacy, new book, um, what is your career? What does your career destination look like?
1: Yeah, um, a lot of people ask me that. The answer is I have no idea, which I think is good because I'm 25 and I don't need to know what the hell I'm, you know, doing for the rest of my life. Um, right now, I do have a political organization uh, that focuses pretty heavily on, um, I want to say, just like Jewish causes. It's political technically, and people see me that way, which is fine. But it's like a very pro-Israel cause, which is less political for me. Unfortunately, that's become political nowadays. Right. But it's more like just a value I was raised with. I'm very pro-Israel. Um, I spent a lot of my days literally stalking and fighting anti-Semitism. That's another focus of my organization. It's also slightly political, which is fine with me, though it's pretty like a touchy subject right now. And it's been hard for me since like getting into it, losing friends and family members and being attacked the way I have been. Mm. But it's just kind of a part of what I am and what I do. I'm not pretending to be like, you know, a person in Congress or a senator, whatever it is. I'm not pretending to be anything. Um, I think since 2016, things have gotten crazy in politics. So my goal right now is to be able to advocate for the causes I stand for, while also just being a normal person. Like I don't think everyone has to be this like one-sided person who like strongly pro-right or pro-left or whatever it is. So I advocate for the causes um, that I stand for, that have been with me since I was a child. Um, I started my own organization, which is half non-for-profit and also a super PAC. So I'm very proud of that at 25 years old, but it's also just a teeny tiny piece of who I am and what I do. I put my heart and soul into that and building that out. Um, so now it kind of functions on its own, which is great. And I'm honored to be a part of it whenever I am. But it's just a little teeny piece, like I said, of what I do. So there's that. There's the pro-israel stuff, which is separate from politics and also combined because that's just the way life is now. But that's my heart and soul. Um, I am training. No one really knows that. Um, with the book, I'm kind of like for the first time telling people my story. I haven't talked about skating a lot because it really, I thought would lead to the Olympics and ended so abruptly and like so um, I don't want to say traumatically but traumatically like it was really rough for me so i didn't talk about it now that i'm back on the ice i don't know where it's going to go but i'm back and i'm jumping and training and doing things i did not know i would be doing so i'm comfortable talking about that so i'm kind of telling the world that with my book right now as well as other things so i'm training um luckily i can figure skate at like five in the morning so i can be done by like 9 a.m and take on the world with some other projects good there's that um there's the book which i'm super proud of Um, It's kind of like a very pro-America, positive, just like one girl story of how she came to you know, where she is. It's not very one-sided. I'm not trying at 25 years old to tell you how to vote or what to do. I don't believe in that. I'm not that person. I'm just telling you why I believe in the things that I believe in. So I think it's like my whole life is like a weird advocacy mission in like different ways and hopefully something pays and becomes like an actual career. But Right now, it's just like wherever my heart takes me, I'm letting that take you know the hours of my day every
0: single day I think that the one thing you know you hit on so many points and there's so many there's so many things that I think are good lessons for people to learn from whether or not it's you know in the perseverance in in figure skating or even like the a very a very sensible view to politics and not you know when you advocate for things it doesn't always have to be so partisan it doesn't have to be uh, all right-wing, right wing, all left wing, there can be people that have that have sensible views on different topics, uh, depending on what the topic is. and the fact that you acknowledge that, and like that's sort of like where you're coming from as like a place of authenticity. I think you know, when I sort of look over the persona of of yourself, it seems like you're just building out a strong brand based on what you actually care about, which is I think very important. you know you're you're marketing yourself authentically. and I think that that's something that you don't see a lot of in politics, unfortunately. I think that that's something that we could use a little bit more of. And it seems like everything that you're doing is sort of falling in line with that strong sense of personal self. Um, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'm just that's sort of what I'm seeing as you know, as you start going through all these different yeah, things. Yeah, no,
1: that was very well put better than I could have
0: said. No, <laughs> I, I just talk for a living. So it's uh, it, the words come easier than, than right. when you do a one off interview. But that's really what I see to be quite honest. Um, so so what's, uh, you know, let's speak about some of the accomplishments. So the, the figure skating speaks for itself. You, you did a ton of training. You had an accident. Now you're back on the ice. And that's something you're constantly striving for. You're, you're, you're persevering. And normally, I would just ask something like, uh, you know, how do you keep going? How do you, you know, how do you get back on the ice? But I think that a lot of the reasons why you can get back on the ice are the same reasons why you're able to have perhaps unpopular uh, political views on some things that, you know, you mentioned you lost some friends and family members, which is always, you know, it's very sad when politics causes that, of course, um, which is just stupid, to be quite honest, but that's it is what it is. People are very, people are very, yeah. uh, you know, adamant about their politics. And, you know, right now is like at, at an all time high, in terms of uh, advocacy for what people believe. In. <laughs> I see it, yeah. on, I see it on social all the time. And it just, I should probably, Oh, it's bad. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but let's, you know, I want to understand like, what drives you. But first, I just want to understand a little bit more about the cause you support and how you built up. You mentioned something. You said you were very proud of. Um, I, I apologize. I didn't. Uh, I didn't get the name or, or what the the actual movement was. But you said you built it up. It was a. Um, a what was that again? The PAC?
1: So it's called the Exodus Movement. Oh, what is
0: that um, exactly? It's a
1: nonprofit with like a super PAC branch. Okay. Um, basically, when I got into politics originally, like I had a mission. I worked on a campaign, and then I was just kind of like in that world and didn't know what to do. And like you said, I'm not like very crazy right wing, left wing. I don't believe in any of that. I just believe in being my own person. And there was a lot of causes that I stand for, but I never wanted to be like this girl who worked for the Republican or Democratic Party. Like that was never gonna be it. Um, And the one thing that stuck with me since I was little was like advocacy for Israel, fighting anti-Semitism, like all the things that come with, you know, a girl who was in an Orthodox Jewish school from like two years old to like 13. So um, I started a group which basically um, was advocating for Jewish people. I don't think Jewish people were taken seriously in politics enough. I don't know if you know this, I believe that uh, donations in America, like 50% of donations come from Jews, like combined, which is terrifying that they're 2% of the population, but like that involves financially, but aren't really taken seriously when it comes to politicians asking them what they actually care about and what they stand for. Like, it's like the Jewish vote was just kind of taken for granted. I didn't like that. I didn't stand for that. And I thought that they deserve better. So I started my own group, basically advocating for Jewish causes like Israel, 97% um, of American Jews are Zionists, like they support Israel, despite what you see on social media, that's just the way it is. And I don't think there was enough coming um, to them, enough information coming to them from different politicians, what they were going to do for Israel. It was a lot that was like sugarcoated by the media based on what they thought they could tell people in order to get them to vote the way they wanted. And I just don't believe in that. I think American Jews deserve to know where politicians stand on different issues that they care about, and to make like a real decision, a genuine decision on their part, whether it's the same as mine or different, that's fine but they should be treated as human beings and not just as a vote that they can check off Democrats because that's the way they've always voted. So I didn't believe in that. So the group did start out super political, um, like I said, but it's very focused on like pro Zionist, pro Israel um, advocacy, which is super important to me, as well as fighting anti-Semitism, which ironically at the same time and super unfortunately just like like, yeah, um, in America and around the world at the same time that I got into this, now, that, so very focused on fighting anti-Semitism on both sides of the aisle. By the way, I don't care if you're a liberal or Republican. I don't care what you stand for. If you're an anti-Semite, we will call you out. We will tell people not to vote for you, not to support you, and you know why this is coming out and from where. So fighting anti-Semitism, supporting Israel, and also there is that little part that is very political. But I'm proud because it's a real organization. I'm 25 and I'm not just you know advocating on social media like a lot of people are. I wanted a real organization so people would feel comfortable giving, you know, donating money or using our our resources, whatever it is, but a real organization that I could leave my mark on and then maybe give off to someone else and move on. But just something real that I could build um, while I was in politics. I have no idea how long that would last, you know.
0: And how did somebody make that move um, such a such an incredibly impactful move, like just to start an organization like this, as opposed to just be like an SJW and try and be the loudest person on Twitter, because that doesn't do shit for anybody. So one thing I'm a huge advocate of, I don't really care what you believe in, but do something about it and don't just yell on social media. It doesn't really matter what you believe in. You can believe in, you know, the sky's purple, but just do something to prove it out or to support that cause in real life. Um, So how do you, how did you make that jump from just social that I'm sure most people your age, that's really, you know, this is a huge generalization but I don't feel guilty saying it because it's, it's, (laughs) it's, it's very accurate. A lot of people are just SJWs. That's literally it. Um,
1: I would sit at home and be like upset at that exact, like that was a speech that was running through my head and it was not just like young kids, by the way, like in politics, that's everyone. Like they want to see what they can like put their name on and get away with without actually doing anything like older, you know, 50, 60, or like real people that have been in politics for generations, not just people my age. So I thought it was my age and like, mm -hmm that's one thing, but like it's inexcusable when you're someone who's been in politics for like 40, 50 years claiming to have had, you know, different effects on different people and elections or whatever it is really just sticking your name on things like people doing politics for years. And I just, I didn't want to be that person. And I thought even the people that disagreed with me, which there are many would probably at least respect the fact that I stood for, you know, what I believed in and I did something about it. And I tried to not even change your vote, but like, you know, reach out to people and do something with it and not just that at home posting on Twitter. I also get a lot of attacks on Twitter, and I don't want to be that person. So I'm better at staying off of social media and doing real things, and not, you know, crying over like negative comments. So this was better for me as well. And
0: what were the first steps that you actually took to do something? So I'm just thinking for people that are listening, if they really want to start, it seems like a monumental task to actually do something and to make an impact. So what were the steps that you took to actually, you know, walk 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 us through how to start something like this?
1: Yeah, so it's actually a crazy story, and I won't air out all of it on here because it's politics in the 30s but I was like dragged into someone else's idea for a movement and when I saw like you just said how much was not actually being done and which was claimed to you know be in the works for the media and whatever it is and wasn't actually happening I felt extremely uncomfortable being a part of it as well as just like in danger of literally breaking the law like I felt uncomfortable being a part of something when I didn't know everything that was happening behind the scenes like I was in the front and whatever it is it like was blasted all over the media but nothing that I knew about was actually getting done. Like I had no idea what was going on in the back, and I just didn't want to be that person that didn't know what was going on, and didn't know what they were actually advocating for. Didn't know um, what was set up behind them to get something done. I didn't want to be the face of something when I didn't know what was going on, and it kind of blew up out of nowhere. This like idea about Jews and how they vote and blah blah blah. And I was like, I can't have the media blow up over something, and I don't, you know, have full control of what it is. So that's when I reached out to people and looked at different um, political consulting groups and. Met with people and decided I had to make a real organization and see what was going on um, before I live this like weird fake life, like you mentioned of just tweeting and saying things and not yeah. really getting things done. Like I didn't want to be that person, and you'll be shocked at how few people do that. So when you look into it and you want to get it done, you actually can. You can very easily get it done, um, and you'll feel a lot more accomplished than tweeting something and you know hoping it gets retweeted by whatever number of people.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's a to- it's it's this like echo chamber. I find like social media is an echo chamber of people with similar ideas to you, which just propagates your own, your own idea without actually sort of widening your scope or your view. And I think it's like a very toxic environment. And I think that, you know, it's funny, um, there's different ways to look at this, but I think the social media algorithms um, purposefully or not are, are very damaging to, to communication, to, uh, to conversation to yeah. to ideas and expanding, you know, the, the human condition and 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 just sort of reaching reaching across the aisle, so to speak, just because I know that algorithms favor like content. And when you have this like social media echo chamber of like content, you always feel like what you're saying is valid because you're being it's being reinforced by people with similar views, which I think is the most right. dangerous thing because that that reinforcement is going to drive you to sort of put your feet down, like double down on what you believe in, regardless of whether or not it's logical or it makes, I see some crazy shit on Twitter that like, we're not talking politics. Like really crazy. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts what you can build a community around if you're not careful. And if, you know, I think that that's something that there's so many issues with social media, like mental health issues. Um, you know, the, the need to get information instantaneously. These are all so many issues that we see social, but I think like politics is further propagated by social, but, um okay so let's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you've built out um and obviously there's some politics involved in in what you were building out with the super PAC, but that's not all of it is and that's not all what it is obviously you want it to sort of build something you're proud of and that you that you believe in um but you also you know when i'm reading sort of the summary for for your book so the book is called um finding my place that's the book that's coming out august 25th right yeah mm-hmm. and it speaks about okay so now we got um uh, figure skating uh, done, and that's you're still doing that. Uh, super packed. Now, what what are um, it mentions like some of the lessons and moments that would dictate your future? Um, I'm curious what some of those are.
1: Yeah, so um, you kind of hit on this a tiny bit with like what we're talking about with social media. Um, people are very very quick to like follow the crowd and like be sheep because it's just the easier thing to do. Um, Yeah, I was attacked for, you know, working in politics, but I was attacked as a little kid for like choosing skating over like doing drugs and hanging out with boys. Like that, it's always been that way. So it was like you said, easier for me when that happened because I literally had to deal with all that garbage my entire childhood. So for me, the book is about, like people can say it's political, whatever they want. That's maybe three chapters out of 18. Like it's about being your own person. It's so much more serious than politics because whatever's going on right now, whatever people are advocating for, it's going to change in the, next, like, in the next year. No one knows what's going to happen. No one knows why it happened in the first place. Um, no one knows how long it's going to last. And what, the only thing that can last is like who you are as a person and what you genuinely believe in, no matter who's around you. So I think the whole book really is called Finding My Place. It's about how I had to go through life and never really found my place. And whether that was skating and not fitting in there because of how I started and how I trained and everything else. Judaism, like I'm judged on both sides of the aisle. I'm not Orthodox enough or I'm too Orthodox, whoever it is. And I'm very involved in that world and with politics. People really want to tell other people how to you know believe in their own faith which is crazy so there in modeling like i always felt like i didn't belong even though i had like a real career at wilhelmina which was really exciting um in politics i certainly feel like i don't belong i'm sure i will feel this again in the future just literally finding your place through life and going on without actually knowing you know where you are but knowing who you are i think is super important and um i just i think it's a really important book for right now if i can say so myself because it's just very genuine I don't want anyone to read the book thinking it's political because it's not. It's a book telling you why I chose what I chose and encouraging you to choose, you know, what you genuinely believe in yourself. Not telling you I would ever judge you for that. Just telling you that I would judge you if you chose what someone else chose for you and not what you really feel in your heart. Because life is way too complicated for that. And um, really, just following what you feel in your heart, following what you believe in. Something that I've done since I was, you know, three or four years old, and hoping that you know people read the book and want to do that moving forward themselves.
0: How do you? Uh, what? What is a? What is one? lesson that you would tell someone who feels as though their opinions don't go with the grain and they have opinions that they, um, and it, you know, it's just something as simple as choosing the right sport or choosing an activity when you're young, or it could be uh, you know, doubling down on your faith or religion, or it could be choosing a political arena to you know, sort of uh, you know, align with. How do you maintain that positive mental attitude? what's your trick for not um, caving, uh, you know, or, or is there no trick? Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe it is very hard for you. Maybe there have been moments of like depression and you're second guessing yourself. So what is is your formula?
1: Yeah, so definitely been moments of depression. (laughs) Um, It's been rough, but I don't think it was directly related to like being my own person and that. just like injuries and, you know, things in between. I think like you said, there might not be a formula. When I was little, I was, a very different person than now i really don't know why maybe it's like from my parents and grandparents and what they went through and just like what they instilled in me without me even really noticing but i had no problem being my own person like i thought it was the coolest thing in the world that girls were talking about i don't know smoking weed or whatever it was and i was like i have no interest in that never gonna do it still haven't done it like i loved being that person at 13 14 15 whatever it was still that person but it was a lot easier when you like when you're little i think people don't realize how much easier it is and you think that you're like, you know, going with the crowd in high school and doing stupid things, but you'll be different when you're an adult. And it's not like that. It's a lot easier to say no to like drugs or drinking or whatever it is at 15 than it is to, you know, make real-world decisions as, you know, a real grown-up in the world. So that's when it started for me and I thank God for that because after my injuries and with the anxiety and depression and everything that came from that, I think I became, if I can even say it, like a weaker person. Like I'm not the person I was when I was little before I went through all the garbage of the last, you know, 10 years whatever so I'm proud of that person and that kind of stays with me through life like I literally think what would 13 year old Liz do because she's way cooler than 25 year old Liz honestly but I think it's also just I if you convince yourself that it's cool then you'll want to do it like I I don't know if there's like a formula I don't know if I can tell myself like hey I guarantee you this will succeed because no one else is doing it like that will never click in my brain but what will click is saying hey 10 out of 12 people are doing that you want to be the two that's doing this because they're never going to make it because they're doing what everyone else is doing. Like, there's a reason they're doing it, and it's because it's easier. And if you choose the harder path, it'll make you a stronger person or at least a different person yeah. who they are. Like You're not guaranteed to succeed, but you're guaranteed to get a different lesson than any of them you know, are ever going to get because they're doing what everyone else is doing. There's also a reason they're doing it, and that's because it's easier. Doing what's easier is never going to help you in life, ever. So I think it's more just like rationalizing it with yourself and telling yourself, you know, why do you want to do this and why do so many people not want to? Why do so many people want to do that? Or why do they make fun of you for it? And realizing that it might actually be cool to be different, and that everyone that's ever made it in life was probably super bullied, super different growing up, um, and realized only like 30, 40, 50 years too late that that was actually the right way to live their life. Yeah, that's, I
0: think that's. I think that. I think you nailed it. To be quite honest, <laughs> I, um, that's that's a hundred percent in in my opinion, at least how you have to do it. I think it also helps if you have like, a really strong support system. But if, for example, say some people don't, they don't have the support system. I know right. people that because of their, you know, God forbid, their, their political views, like they've had fights with their family, They're, you know, this aunt, this whatever cousin, the yeah. brother, sister doesn't speak to them. It's just horrible. But um, I think that reinforcing the why and reinforcing that like internal fire as to why you even started down this path. Definitely. And then I love I love what you've said about um, I love the two things you said um, and I just want to highlight them. The first one being uh, ju- if everyone's doing it, first of all, it definitely doesn't mean it's right. And second right. of all, uh, you can you can be sure that even if you choose a different path than everyone else, even if your different path is different, you can always go back and learn and, and default right. to the other way. They but will at least
1: always be there. Exactly. It's always
0: there. I love yeah. that. That's and then the other thing you mentioned is most most successful people didn't fall in line with what's normal. You hear this from yeah. I know you're speaking, you know, in your personal experience, your sports, politics, whatever. You hear this from entrepreneurs, like all these, oh, all these anybody who you know who is highly successful who you know their name guaranteed they were if you saw them before they were successful you would have been like this one's a little bit weird because it takes a little bit of weird it takes a little bit crazy and even if you
1: didn't meet them and think that yourself guaranteed people would tell you hey don't go to him he's super weird people want to bring you down the minute that they see something different about you even if it's not weird to them like if they don't understand it they hate it like that's just the way it is and they will always tear you down even once you make it, they'll tear you down even more because people don't like that. Like people are uncomfortable by other people who like choose to be different.
0: Yeah. Very well said. Um, I, I have a couple, I have a couple uh, other like just professional insight questions that I like to ask. But before, before that, I just wanted to sort of close up, um, you know, pardon the pun, like close a chapter <laughs> on the book and, uh, and just ask, is there anything that I didn't ask about the book that you wanted to, that you want to chat about?
1: Um. No, I mean, I think it's just what I said, very like non, you know, not strictly political at all, very pro-America, just, you know, yeah. um, very open and honest. But it's also when I came like out in the public world um, in politics, mostly like I was known a bit in modeling, but not like this at all. Because Politics is crazy right now. Yeah,
0: I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed.
1: Um, A lot of people just chose to like tell my story for me, like where there are like there were articles lying about who I was and like, like just garbage. Um, nasty things from the other side as well as just people like choosing to tell who I am why I believe in what I believe in like all these crazy things and I'm not saying this book's going to be a bestseller though I hope it is but I think it was important for me and that's another reason I tell people be who you are it's important for me I'm finally getting to tell my story so it might be you know 15 years later than little 10 year old Liz who dealt with some bullying but I'm getting to tell why I am where I am why I made every decision I made some people are really going to dislike it on both sides politically on all sides and skating and this and that, because they're going to be uncomfortable and that's okay. But I'm finally getting to tell my story. And if you choose to you know, go your own way, you also have your own story Whereas if you choose to go with everyone else, story won't be that interesting It's 25, 35, 45, but I have a lot of you know, weird things to share and cool things I hope to share and sad things to share. And hopefully yeah. people will read it and think, Oh, I can do my own thing as well. And it might not always work out because it definitely didn't, but um, at least it'll leave me to be my own person. And that's what matters.
0: You know, your story actually reminds me um, on this show, I, I interviewed Anthony Scaramucci and he's also the, the, the guy who came from not politics and yeah. was put into politics and just dealt with the absolute shit show that was, was politics. And he's An like,
1: yeah, and
0: yeah, serious. <laughs> and he was like, you know, like Scott, he's like, imagine, imagine, I can't remember the quote exactly, but it was like, you know, imagine like the, the worst person in Wall Street and business and finance. That's like the person you want to be friends with in, in Washington. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's just not because he was, you know, he's not young. Like you're relatively, you know, in 25. Right. No, he's time, been like, he's, he's
1: a real person. He's like,
0: you world. know, multimillionaire, like huge uh, with his venture capital firm, a very highly successful, accomplished individual, had a name for himself, a huge name for himself just in like the Wall Street finance investment world. And he went into politics. And he's like, it was just a nightmare. So, the you more, know, I think yeah. you have to be, like, a different kind of person to, to no, be yeah, okay with that. No, yeah, I can't even
1: begin. Like, it will chew you up and spit you out. And, like, I always thought politics was cool. Like, I watched all the movies, and I was, like, in, like, yeah. the mock elections in school. Like, I loved it. And I was like, oh, it's evil. Like, people are evil. People are cool. Like, it's like a James Bond movie. It's yeah. 10 billion, trillion times worse. Like, I read about it a bit in the book, but you can't even begin. Like, no part of it will make you feel good when you close your eyes at night. Like, you will be like, I can't believe I'm a part of this. Yeah,
0: um, I, it is
1: uh, the it's worst crazy. thing just, just awful, god awful, and it gets worse by the day, and it's just terrifying how many people, young people. Like when I was little, this wasn't happening. Young, young people, eleven, twelve years old, especially like you said, social media, feel like they're involved in like advocating for something and are just ruining their minds and their lives and depressing themselves and everything else because they feel like there's like this mission out there for them. Because politics is just taking over everyone's hearts and minds and everything else, and it is, it, it's terrifying and it's awful. And I, I pray that it goes back to normal very soon.
0: Yeah, I think that, I think that. Um, I think because of all the, the issues that are, are on a global scale, like COVID, George Floyd, yeah. social unrest, it's just like doubling down on already stressed people. And then yeah. unemployment and economy, like, there's so many things that, you know, say, say what you want about Trump, but he is having one hell of a, oh,
1: <laughs> of
0: yeah. a, of a term, like, this is not a, a normal time for it's not anybody smooth
1: sailing, no it's no brutal. this
0: is uh this is an absolute shit show for for anybody that was in office and yeah. and you know i don't well i think that you know i don't want to compare it to other horrible global events but this is like this is in 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 my lifetime and in, no, in your huge, lifetime yeah. it's this it's is probably be, the worst it's yeah. been in a while my right? kids are
1: gonna ask me about 9 11 and they're gonna ask me about you know coronavirus like i yeah. think that's or at least 2020 as a whole
0: 20, I think 2020 is a whole thing. I think coronavirus yeah. is like the, the how it started. So the and it all just went down. Beginning,
1: yeah. And it's only July. So just wait.
0: God, don't remind me. Oh my God. <laughs> um, I just like I, I'm I'm in Toronto, so you know I I think we just allowed like uh, not in, not in Toronto. I'm Canadian, but not in Toronto. But um, outside of Toronto in Ontario, we don't have it half as bad as what's going on in the states right now right. in terms of daily cases. But we just were allowed to go sit on patios like in the past month, which was nice but it's still, it's just like, it's just, Patio so, night. yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very no, difficult. It's and I, you mm-hmm. know, the thing is that you don't see the end in sight, right? That's really the issue. Like you just say, no. like, when is, I, I'm complaining right. about patios, but like realistically, like, you know, thank God I still have work. You know, I'm, I'm very right. blessed compared to some people who are not so fortunate, but it's still like for everybody, when's it going to end? Like when, when will the economy yeah. open back up? When can I, you know, I used to live in, in New York and LA. Like I used to go down to New York like once, once a month for work. and now it's just like it's all closed up it's very weird right i don't know
1: and it's like a weird fear of like this could last six months or this like new york like maybe the virus and you know hopefully but new york could still be new york the way it is right now for the next two three years we might not see like broadway and times square like in the next two three years it's
0: like simple things like it
1: sounds small but it's really scary it's like the american spirit is like in that block and it could just be gone
0: yeah
1: and that's it's just it's a rough time honestly
0: um let's let's so we can go into the, the negative and, the, and all that stuff. Probably we could talk about that forever, but let's focus on um, some more positive, some things that you've learned from your career. Um, so I guess one, one question I'd like to ask is, what is something, the biggest area of opportunity in, in politics and advocacy, what's a topic that you're interested or, or you're trying to learn about right now? Oh, that's a good
1: question. Um unfortunately i think every topic right now i mean it's out there but they're all kind of overwhelmed with advocates on like very you know very far ends of both you know left right style um and it's very hard to be not only your own person but it's very hard to even research because you talk to individuals or whatever it is kind of you know you can find out based on who they voted for how they feel about the current administration what they're going to tell you Mm -hmm. like no one wants to be honest anymore and speak as an individual they speak as like a part of this like left wing or right wing army And that's something that I just, I never want to be a part of. I don't believe in it. People on the right that support me are going to watch this and hate me for saying it, but I just, I don't like it. I just want to be my own person. Like, I don't want to do that. So it's really hard right now to research and be a part of these things. Um, Like, for example, after George Floyd was murdered, it was a really rough time. I mean, in American history, that's going to go down as a rough time. But it was really hard, you know, individuals to live through that. Of course, his family and everyone suffered extremely. But we all were, you know, in our own way, a part of it. Like, America's facing a serious Mm -hmm. issue. And I decided to like, you know, call that out on social media and just say, hey, you know, racism is awful and it's genuinely like heartbreaking that a black child is gonna have to watch that video one day because it's plastered on social media forever and it's, it's terrifying and it should not happen in America, the greatest country in the world that my parents fled to to avoid these things. So I said that and people on both sides of the aisle decided to call me either, you know, a racist who's never cared about black people in the first place, or those on the right who said that I'm the reason that, you know, America's gonna fall through the cracks and die because I choose to call out racism, whatever it is. And it's like, I can't even stand up against racism as like a normal American who genuinely was heartbroken by that video. Like I think 99.9% of people were, I can't even do that anymore. Like that should be the most basic American, you know, value and tradition. Like we don't stand for people being treated badly in our country by anybody. And you can't even do that anymore because people will tell you, you said it wrong, you did it wrong. You can't say that we're on the right. You don't say that we're on the left. You don't say that. And it was just, it was really scary. Like I turned social media off for two days and it was less, genuinely less about like the nasty comments to me And more about like where the hell are we like my parents my entire childhood were like you were in the greatest land of all time you can do anything you can stand up against anyone you can just believe in anything you want and now i'm just a 25 year old i think i was still 24 then but a 24 25 year old girl who's like hey racism is bad like breaks my heart that this is out there i have to say something because it hurts me as someone who fights against anti-semitism i was always i will always fight against racism and hatred of any kind and i had to say something because i just it felt it in my soul like i had to say something and it's like, if you get attacked for like a few sentences calling out racism, like what can you even stand for anymore wow. right now? Like it's so hard out there. And it's it's sad because it's not the country that we are at all. It's not the country my parents came to, you know, 40 years ago, and it's not the country that I want to raise kids in. I want them to be able to stand against hatred and stand for whatever they believe in, even if people, you know, disagree. And like you said, it's social media too. Like people just feel the need to call people out, tear them down no matter what they say. And it, it's bringing us down like as a whole so much, and I just, I don't know how it's like people are going to look back on this time because it's it's really scary. Like we can't come together to call out racism, to call out anti-Semitism, like simple things that the American people have always done. And we can't do it right now because we can't get on the same page on the most basic, like human values. And it's yeah. so scary.
0: Now, that was a very, very heavy answer, but I appreciate it. because no, I didn't very,
1: expect it either.
0: <laughs> but no, it was good. Um, And it's it's very real. But... um for yourself so let's stay out of the the advocacy and like topics because like you mentioned it's very hard to to dive into something now because of the the environment um so what for yourself where do you what else do you want to do in your career is there you, you know skating um advocacy uh writing what what else is next for you is there anything that you have planned
1: um so many things my head is like my wheels are always turning because i'm crazy i need to accomplish everything. Um, I would love to keep skating and see what happens. I mean, to make like an actual comeback to competition after everything would be just the greatest feeling in the entire world and be like a victory that I could take with me through my life because I mean, I had really the most amazing childhood and that injury and like the six I say six, seven years that followed, emotionally, like physically, mentally were like the, the the hardest time of my life. Like I dealt with like suicidal attempts and thoughts at like 16, 17. Literally couldn't walk upstairs for two years after getting my cast off, like getting back on the ice was traumatizing and I literally cried every single day from pain. I still cry from pain sometimes because my ankle just clenches up and stops working. It, it was really, really, really hard. So if I could come back on the ice, not only for myself, but anyone else that ever gets injured or just has a step back of any kind, like that would be amazing. So I'm really working on that. We'll see what happens with skating. Um, I think the advocacy thing will stay with me through life. Like the things that I believe in, I will never stop. You know, like advocating for those things, but also I think it's about opening people's minds, less about telling them, Hey, this is what I believe you should do. It's more, I think, for me, like encouraging conversation. Like, I think people need to learn or relearn how to have conversation about things that matter to them. So, it's less about me explaining to people why I believe in what I believe in. I think that's second. And, like, first off, it's just explaining to people that it's okay to have the conversations about these different issues that we believe in. That's really important to me. I think that's what America stands for. And that's um something that i will always advocate for i would love to go back to modeling Um, i was at wilhelmina which is a big agency for like three years um different agency um went back and forth did a bunch of things i did like a body positive positivity um campaign a while ago like a non-photoshop campaign with went viral. that was really cool just like whatever i can do with every little girl's dream to model and i loved every minute of it that would be cool they would do that again i'd love to keep writing um during like when covid uh started and I knew we'd be locked up for quite a bit of time. I took an online, um, really long, uh, like a, I don't say, that wasn't like official culinary school, but like a culinary certification course that I spent like eight hours a day on and I got my certification, so that was really cool. So I'd love to do a cookbook after this book, that's another dream of mine. Um, probably a kosher cookbook because I um, became kosher at 14 and like are going more, and my family's going slowly more and more orthodox like as the years go on. So I'd love to like do a kosher cookbook and encourage other young Jews keep sure see how easy it is um, put my love of cooking into a book that would be cool um, i don't really know just all the things i mentioned that a hundred more hopefully
0: good um, good no that, that, that's good i was just wondering if there's any projects but it just seems like you're, you're always like keeping your options open and just yeah. you just go in and, and you know just kill it with whatever you do so like you know good, good. That's, that's that's very admirable it's hard for people to sort of Thank take you. even you know one thing on um, and do well at it let alone a, a several things so um, it's, I think it's like a personality trait. It's definitely, yeah. you know, that internal drive. Um, where do you where do you go to to learn or to stay on top? Is it, you know, books, mentors, podcasts that you can recommend that people should go check out?
1: Yeah, um, I'm really, really lucky that when I go somewhere, I go to my dad. Um, he's the smartest person in the world. And I go to him. For advice on everything to look over like op-eds that i write like he's my editor and my mentor and my advisor and everything. like he's just smartest and kindest human alive so i he's my person so i go to him for everything so i'm very lucky with that um i would say in general watch out for everything on the internet like you said like you never know but i like to listen to podcasts a lot and i like to go back and forth between those that are like known on one side of the aisle and those are known on the other because you'll you'll hear the same topics being talked about in very different ways and it's a good way to like form your opinion because A, I'd like to know what other people are saying, even when I don't agree with them. That's super important. And B, it'll help shape you. Like when I was little, I thought that I was, um, I remember saying that I'm I'm a Republican, like eleven or twelve years old. And my parents were like, You're twelve. Take it like take it easy. And it's true, like you will evolve over time. So there's no reason at you know, I meet a lot of people who are like 16, 17 who tell me like they look up to me or they're very strong political republican, whatever they want to be. Well, people on the other side who attack me like same thing and it's like you're a teenager or you're 20s 30s whatever like you're going to evolve you're going to meet different people go through different experiences and your mind like it could open up it could change you never know so i would just say listening to everyone that you can listen to that is kind in their approach and you know obviously keeps the same values morals ethics that you support but i, I would listen to everyone because it, it doesn't make any sense to keep yourself on one side because it's only going to shape you for talking to those people and that's not what you want. Like we're not going to grow as individuals by only talking to those that agree with us. That's just silly. So I think that's most important. Listen to podcasts, the news, whatever it is, both sides. Cause you will learn, maybe you'll learn that you're right. hundred percent. Right. And you'll only like grow stronger in your own opinions. That's important too. But you can't do that by only listening to those that agree with you.
0: That's a, it's a good answer. Um, You know, I wanted to, there was um, an example. I can't remember his name. One second. It's, it's the, he's, he's famous. Um, But it's, it's, the black guy who started a relationship with one of like the leaders in the Ku Klux Klan. And that whole story just blows my mind. And and it just makes me think like you want an extreme example of how somebody can change over time. Um, That whole story. And you know, it's so bad that I'm uh, I'm blanking on it now. Geez, what's what's well, that But it's a guys? good
1: opportunity for people to Google and learn.
0: Yeah, no, it's so long yeah. story short. And I'm going to be, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm going to be in so much trouble forgetting the name because this guy is actually relatively famous. Anyways, long story short, he was just doing um, interviews with people. in the, this this black guy was doing interviews with people in the right. Ku clan because he wanted to understand why they could hate. And he and he interviewed somebody who was like very 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 high up in in the uh, in the organization and. You know, he just he just went out on a limb and did it, did an interview with them, asked some questions wrote an hour. You know, they they finished the interview. And then um, and then, uh, you know, he said, keep in touch. The, the, the Ku Klux guy said, keep in touch. So he did. And he started inviting him over to his house, even though this guy was like a leader of this like very, very yeah. right wing um, racist organization. He kept in touch with this black, uh, you know, journalist or I think he was writing a book actually on the Ku Klux Klan, this black guy. And um and I'm gonna get the names. I'm gonna drop the book in the links for this. It's a great it's a great story as well. I'll yeah. get your I'll get your book as well in the links for this. But all long right. story short, like like ten years later Mark or something like that, this guy, um, the leader in the Ku Klux Klan built such a relationship with this guy right. that he eventually left the Ku Klux Klan. And he went on and in his like his speech of him like retiring from I don't know how you leave, um, he was like, basically, this this black guy has given me more respect than you all 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 you white people right. have. And this is like a total Um, Total aside from, uh, you know, your story, but I just thought it was such a it was I just saw it on Goldcast last night. That's why it's so relevant. And it was just such um it was such a like an impactful story about how like the total, total, total opposite end of the spectrum. If you open yourself up to learning like the things that can happen and and the person you can become, it's just it's very incredible. It's just it's just total 180 from where this guy was originally
1: right yeah if you um, want to stay in your circle you can post on social media and get your yeah. likes for your opinion and call it a day if you actually genuinely want to change the world yeah. you're not going to do that around people that already agree with you like that's yeah. not going to change it And you have to reach across to something you know someone else
0: um uh who are the three most influential people in your life and you can say family um, members too. it's okay most people say some some I was gonna say
1: people say family. i mean i have a husband a brother and two parents so like four um I that's say one. People. <laughs> that's is that one? one? Okay, that's yeah. perfect. I don't have a lot of friends, so that's actually easy. I'd say, my honestly, I'm very lucky, like you said, support system wise. Like my parents are the greatest people in the world. My brother is my best friend. My husband is the kindest, smartest. I mean, just perfect. Team. Like very, very lucky with everyone around me. Genuinely, like the close knit family. I'm beyond blessed. Uh, so I have them. Um, I'd say I'm very lucky with grandparents also. Um, my grandfather on my dad's side passed away before I was born. Um, my grandfather on my mom's side who was very close with me passed away like two years ago i had like step-grandfather passed away a, a year before that i had like an adopted grandfather that story is in the book very complicated as well but he passed away like a year before both of them um so my grandmothers that are still alive very influential just because that's like a legacy that i i'm um, honored to be a part of like that's the pressure that i take with me when i want to conquer all these things it's like looking at my grandmothers who you know may not be around you know won't be around forever like this is about like continuing their legacy my grandfather's legacy things that they risked everything for to come to america like so that grandchildren one day would have this legacy so it's like a pressure on my shoulders because they're all amazing just to continue on what they started so i don't know if it's like i don't come to them with every advice you know question whatever it is because i don't like to bother them with you know politics and stupid 20 year old stuff but it's like a light like that's the pressure that's on me 24 7 so it does guide me so i say that and then I, I, I don't even know. Like, I look at all different athletes and politicians and people all the time. Um, I'll watch, like, random – it's also I say this in the book, I think. i watch, like, random YouTube videos for, like, American Got Talent Auditions, like, all these things because, like, you want to open your mind and see people out there. And There's so many stories. Like, I hope that my skating story inspires someone. There's so many stories in the world and so many freaking incredible people. And if you open your mind, whether you agree with them politically or – like, it doesn't matter. If they're from a different university, if they speak a different language, There are so, so many incredible people in our world doing the most, I mean, beautiful things, like the the toughest things. If you open your mind and just try to look over, you know, don't look for negative news articles on people you don't like. Look for beautiful stories from across the world of people doing things, things that you could never imagine a human being doing and seeing them getting it done. That will also lead you through the hard times, the good times. You know, when you're down, you know, that's going on somewhere at the same time. When you're up, you'll be happy because that's going on. Like, it's just, it guides you through life because we all feel like we're in a little cluster all the time. But the world is gigantic and full of amazing and evil and beautiful and special and different people. And when you know what's out there, I think it, it lifts you up in a way that you wouldn't really imagine. Um, because you know that you're special and you're lucky to be in the world right now, as crazy as it is, at the same time as all these, you know, amazingly different people.
0: Very good answer. Um, and what would be the, uh, the best day of your life and the worst day of your life? And why?
1: Oh, Lord. um the worst day of my life. Um, when my adopted grandfather passed away, it was like, I've lost like a great grandmother before and like great aunt's uncle. Like I lost people, but this was like my favorite person in the entire universe. Um, the story is in the book and it's a really special story. So that's important to me. But basically this was like a couple that, um, a woman who came to babysit me when I was three weeks old, because both my parents were like very busy and traveling and things. And she came at three weeks and became Like an adopted grandmother at one point, um, her husband started coming as well because my parents had a brother and she was older and couldn't take care of me alone. And I ended up seeing them every single day. They became like adopted grandparents from three weeks old to the day uh, that he passed away. She's still alive. Thank God. I talk to her every single day. Like literally, you don't understand how lucky you are and like how much God loves you till he sends you this couple that has no blood relation to you whatsoever and loves you like their own child, their own grandchild um so i'd say when he passed away it was just as hard as my grandfather later and all these things i just i never experienced that like it that heavily because when you're loved unconditionally like i was by all my grandfathers um you don't really think about it going away at some point i think when he passed away it hit me like i may never be loved like that again by anyone like that's like the, the ultimate mm-hmm. unconditional love is like a grandparent especially a grandfather granddaughter so i'd say losing my grandfather my dad was grand but, like it was just it all I lost like three grandfathers basically like, in a span of three years. So that's hard. But it, it's like the scariest thing in the world because when you do go through things when you're little and people are against you, whatever it is, like you said, the support system is most important. And I knew that they would just go to freaking battle for me. Like that's like an unconditional love. I genuinely don't think I'll ever see again in my lifetime. So losing that was really, really hard. Realizing that they won't like none of them will be at my wedding. Like that was, I'd say that was hard. And I like, just, I'm going to love all the grandfathers together because their deaths were just awful. Um, best day of my life is hard. I don't even know. Um, I got married like a year and a half ago. So I hope that sits in like the top three. Um, I don't know. I mean, meeting my husband, he thinks I'm crazy, but I think that day was more special for me than actually even getting married to him because people make fun of me, but it's true. I barely spoke to him that day. I just overheard him like speaking to someone I was working with. And I came home and told my mom, like, I met the man I'm going to marry today. (laughs) Like I knew that day. So I think like that, I'd say that was more special than even marrying him that was a good day um maybe it's gonna sound cliche the day my brother was born I feel that's a good day I didn't realize it till years later that he'd be my best friend but I guess the day he was born is like top three as well there's a lot of good days I can't good time, but I'll lump those together
0: no that's good that's good those are the I just like to when I ask that question I just like to understand like what what is like really really I guess um something that made a mark on, on, on yeah. your, on your, on yourself, like as you, as you sort of went through your life and it's, everyone has a different. Sometimes it's career, sometimes it's family, a lot of the times it's family, but I like, those are, those are good answers. And, and I appreciate the, I appreciate the story about all your grandfathers. Um, but uh, no, that's, it sounds like, you know, it sounds like you had an amazing, well, you, you do have an amazing family. It's always nice and it's always mm-hmm. helpful, right? It's that's, you can't, uh, you can't take that for granted. Um, what would be one lesson that you would tell your younger self?
1: um i'd say keep going like that would be number one because there was a lot of times i mean 15 16 17 year old i mean we all deal with it as teenagers but like i consider my younger self even me like four months ago like just keep going like no matter what happens you either you know you can either shrivel up and die right there or you can keep going but continuing half-assed like that's just not going to work so it's just keep going because the better days are always ahead Worse days also but you have to keep going because it's so easy, especially for me. I deal with so much anxiety all the time. It is so easy to just like stop and like consume myself with like crazy sad thoughts and negative thoughts and everything else. It's, it's just keep going. The world will forget what happened today. You will move on. Better things are ahead. Just always, always, always keep going.
0: Very good. And then uh, last, last question before I get some, some show, socials and websites from you um, What does success mean to you?
1: Um, the age old question. Everyone says this. Um, and like, I don't want to be a cliche, but I think it's like slowly hitting me my whole life. It was like, success is like having diplomas and degrees and awards and things to put on your wall. And I'm still that person and I want all those things, but my husband is like slowly starting to like help me realize this, like success is so much, not even greater, it's actually so much smaller than that. It's being able to like lay on your deathbed and be surrounded by people that love you. Cause no matter how many, you know, medals you have on your wall, you don't want to surround yourself with that by yourself on your deathbed. So it's about having people around you that love you and loving yourself because one day you will totally be alone, closing your eyes for the last time. And if you're not okay with the life you live, that is the opposite of success. It doesn't matter how the world remembers you. Um, if you don't like the person you are, like you're screwed. So I would say liking who you are every single night when you close your eyes, um, continuing the next day in the same direction and just trying to be kind to everyone and leave the world a better place than when you came in.
0: Very good. And lastly, um, where do people find you online?
1: Um, Twitter and Instagram are both just my name, Elizabeth Pipko, and then ElizabethPipco.com.
0: That's all for today. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Success Story Podcast. You can download or stream this podcast wherever podcasts are available, including iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and many others. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube. If you haven't already, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, and peers. Please leave us a rating on iTunes. It takes about 30 seconds as it allows other people to find our podcast and lets our amazing guests reach even more people with their message. And remember, any rating is fine as long as it contains five stars. I'm Scott Clary from the Success Story Podcast, signing off.